0: Folks, if you want to head uh, right over to the Don Knotts movie talk, and past our topics, you might head to around minute 24 and a half or so. Enjoy the show.
1: The family, the family, the family. I think, Tom, that you are
0: underutilizing a certain aspect. Of your <laughs> your attractiveness, and here's what I want to say. Mm. I think there's a certain type of lady who likes several things that you have going here. I've really thought about this quite deeply lately, and it's that um, you know you're a, a, a bigger dude, you know, but you have a sort of <laughs> Tony Soprano esque sort of quality
1: about your your mm. bigness, mm-hmm. right?
0: Right. Your burliness. You're burly dude. That's not a
1: bad way to put it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, let's put it, Let's be really honest. I'm more. I'm vastly overweight right now. Yeah, but that's not. This but, wasn't. Wasn't my
0: attempt to dig at that. No, I,
1: no. But 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 it is strange. My body carries it. Better than some, well, better than uh, many, frankly.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have a, a definite sort of like like the hard front belly, and that's sort of like. Yeah. But I mean, some guys have like a it's it's just purely like womanly. Like when I get overweight, I get like sort of just pear shaped, and mm-hmm. but I mean, you have like a sort of burliness about you. A soprano, a Tony Soprano burliness.
1: Then on top of it, I you describe have, it to the to the uh, the, the Irish peasantry <laughs> from which I am clearly descended, <laughs> and then you have. Um. Uh,
0: uh. you're bald but you're, it's like horseshoe bald but with a beard that is one of the better beards man you have a big beard which it, it actually literally annoys me when you shave <laughs> it like, what are you doing you're throwing that away Um. um you, you have a beard that's gray and it's sort of Papa-esque yeah it's, it's Papa Hemingway it's
1: pretty interesting it's, it's intru- I've never had a beard like this before my whole life I've always <laughs> I've had I've When I got out of the navy, I went with the uh, the the goatee thing a lot. Terrible,
0: terrible! You're the worst candidate for goatee.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't think so because I don't like the way I don't like. I have a big fat, big fat, broad face, yes, and like I have a tiny mouth, so I put the goatee around it because that's my framing device. Well, it doesn't my mouth seem better? It's terrible.
0: It's awful. It looks like a tiny island in a sea of flesh. It actually, it, it actually. It actually, <laughs> if yeah, you have okay. a big face, uh-huh. it amplifies that fact well, by okay.
1: many, many numbers. There are a couple of, a couple of things <laughs> going on right now. One, I've taken your fashion advice before. Yep. We know what that fucking
0: like. No, to. but you're doing that thing. Second, you're doing that thing that happened. Like 20 years ago, something yeah. happened, so this is true yeah, about no, you. That understand. was 20 no, years
1: ago. Secondarily. Uh, it's also taken ago. apparently 25 fucking years for you to tell me this, you dick. This whole no, I've told time. you many, many times no, not to go goatee. No. Many times no I've told sense. you. Okay, but, no, right. no,
0: no. Honestly, many times I've told you, don't I, do a goatee. This is a compliment. Don't don't. stare. Okay,
1: let's, let's back off because, yeah, this thing is yeah. kind of fucking awesome now. It's huge. Yeah, you have a like great... I could, I could scratch my tits without, without barely dipping my feet. great. great dipping great my beard. head.
0: So I think the last sort of the missing link mm-hmm. in all of this, in terms of you being a lady killer of a certain variety, is being a clothes horse. Lady
1: What's that? Close horse. Oh yeah, I do need to improve my wardrobe. for Well, sure. but
0: it's not a knock on your wardrobe. I'm I'm saying it, it beyond it like like upping it to some sort of like media. You know, like I I think if you actually had some great suits going on mm-hmm. in combination with your soprano ness. And your beard, which is fucking stellar, mm-hmm. you could have quite a little stable going on, my friend. Uh, maybe I don't
1: know. Yeah, could be.
0: And don't ever shave a goatee in your face.
1: Well, <laughs> now it's going, dude. That's like, this isn't going to see the end of the day, man, man.
0: Oh yeah, your your current beard. Just a hate,
1: just a hate on you.
0: Wait, wait, it's what? Oh, you're gonna shave it? Yeah, just yeah. Just that'll, because show of you, <laughs> that'll show me, buddy.
1: That'll show me. Nah, I'm kind of like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep uh, it for a leave while. Leave it, man. man. It's so good. Yeah, so it's good. getting pretty nice. Uh, anyway, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing all right. Yeah, not too bad. Not, not too shabby. You, how are you doing? You look very cold today this morning. I'm all right. We- you also should be wearing socks, man. So you're going to keep your lower hand, extremities warm. you got to wear socks. Dude.
0: Yep, no one knows to talk about. It's a radio. Um, Spielberg and Roma, you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that, man. I don't know, have you heard that, what's going on with no. Spielberg? He's one uh, what, what of the presidents of the, uh, the, I guess, the Academy... The people who come up with the rules for the Academy Awards. This he year. helps
0: make the Academy Award rules? Yeah. Stillburn? Yeah.
1: He's one of these. He's on that committee. Oh, that shouldn't be. And apparently he is, <laughs> you'd think, right? Apparently um, he is um, trying to push anything that was made by a streaming service, any movie, out of the Academy Awards and into the Emmys instead. Yep. So, like, Roma this year came, came along heavy uh, contender for the Academy Awards. And um, I guess, I guess the, the regular film industry is feeling a little threatened. What do you think about that?
0: There's been a rule. Um, now, let me think about what it is. There's been a rule that if the film appears on television... Mm-hmm. Before the Academy Awards, it's ineligible. And I remember this came really? about because um, Michael Moore made uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. Mm-hmm. He made it in 2004, in the spring of 2004. And um, he made a decision to release it the night before the election for free. On any network that uh, wanted it, uh, well, so yeah. he could possibly influence the election. But the, the cost to him was that it would be ineligible for an Oscar,
1: right? Okay.
0: And now I don't know what that is. Is it because it's free streaming? And if that's the case, then Net, then Netflix wouldn't count. And I'm just sort right. of citing some sort of legal well, precedent but here, but what I
1: think, yeah, well, legal precedent. I think what he's really what he's saying. Uh, I think the only legs upon which it stands is the notion that if you can't go and watch, you know, a movie. Uh, you you spend twelve dollars a shot to go see a movie, whereas if it's on a streaming service, your monthly subscription thing, you can watch it as many times as you want. So it's going to get more views naturally that way. I think that's what the argument is. That's the only that's the only one that really makes sense to me that he could be making. Oh, that it's it. an
0: unfair advantage to right. a film yeah. like Roma. It, yeah, but it,
1: but it upsets exposure inherently.
0: But that's kind of an irrelevant thing because to whom? I mean, it, it's not like we all vote on the. Right, Oscars. It's right. a pretty limited it's not pool. a presidential
1: campaign. They, uh, campaign. There's people who already have like free tickets to go see movie, Oscar movies. These are the people who vote on it. Actually, get in to see them. They get free anyway. So yeah.
0: that's that's an irrelevant argument. And yeah. I don't know what the pool is. I think our our friend Harry North. Uh, is a is a voting member. Yep, he is. And, and so I would say, you know, whatever level that is, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would say, what is it, like a 1,000 or 2,000 people or something? It's a fairly limited number of people. Right. yeah. Now, I don't think he has anything there. Did you read anything else about what he's got going there?
1: No, that that's it right there and there's getting a lot of pushback. People are like, well, freedom of, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's a little controversy that's come out since the Oscars are and I think, Oddly enough, I think streaming is going to be. I think it might be the future of movie. I don't know. Yeah, it might be. I think it might be. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's it's um you, it's a conglomerate. It's it's a more stable business model, I think, than your average uh, like movie making is these days, with with a few exceptions. Disney, for instance, although Disney is now maybe fucking its own base real hard too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really interesting. It's one of those things where I speculate on the on the future of movies. You know, well, certainly of Hollywood as a concept, even.
0: I'm surprised on, on one level that it, it um, <laughs> that we have movies. Sometimes I go to the movies and I think, why do we still have them? Because I enjoy going, but I'm an anachronistic motherfucker. Yeah. I like the idea of going to the movies, but a lot of people don't, mm-hmm. you know. And also, um, I think the thing is, I wonder if it's a trust issue, a trust meaning like a, a, a monopoly, because um, what you have in the movie theaters you have is you have distributors, right? And Netflix then would be like kind of the only distributor, if you will. Right? Is that right?
1: Well, Netflix and, and associate Voodoo and a couple of other things. Voodoo? Amazon streaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, they're there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're I don't about, know. And I, I've had an, I have a, an occasion had to watch something on Voodoo because it was a. What is
0: Voodoo? I've never heard of Voodoo. It's
1: it's Amazon. I mean, it's uh, it's Netflix, but it's just another version of it. Uh huh. And they have uh, they t- they have they tend to have older, weirder. Yep. Sort of movies. So I've, on occasion, I've had to go there because they didn't have it on YouTube or uh, or on Netflix. There's I a place
0: for it. everyone. But you know, there's there's a, for instance, there was a movie um, nominated for best director, and I think
1: maybe one of the
0: acting categories called Cold War, and it's a Polish film. Uh huh. Um, I'd never heard of Cold War before, but I kind of always liked that about the Academy Awards. Is that we've talked about how they make mainstream mistakes, but I like the other end of it too, which is like I've never heard of this movie before. And it's right, like the, right. the people who are really connected to to what happens with you know movies are. I don't know. I mean, Spielberg is. What, what, what can you say about him either? I mean, he's he's, he's an incredible talent. But I mean, yeah. is it possible to be in touch? And be, and be as old as he is? No, mm-hmm. I don't think it is. And as successful as he is, yeah. and, and be in touch with you know, innovation outside yeah. of what you've already innovated.
1: Yeah, I would have my, I would have my doubts about that. Possibly.
0: Yeah, Spielberg go,
1: eh, That's <laughs> <laughs> the last great know, movie. Did? How much? How much? Uh, how much? How much has The Simpsons just fucked up? our... Our cultural references over the years—a certain amount. Just, there's just an amount that is inevitably coming from the Simpsons. Yeah, That's maybe the
0: problem is no one's
1: watched it in the last
0: 20 years. It was, yeah, no, you so, know, so, so, so it's our is even
1: more in, even more questionable. With that.
0: What, what, uh, what what do you think? Uh, when's the, what's the last good movie Spielberg put out? <sighs> I mean, one thing is why you're thinking about it is he, good he made her great. A, he made a transition from from blockbuster to like important movies. I mean, Schindler's List, etc. You know, I He's mean kind
1: of switch back and forth. I would call yeah. like Saving Private Ryan in the in, in the category that's kind of kind of both. Kind of you know, it's the important and blockbuster at the same time. I don't know. I think w I wanna I want say Saving Private Ryan is the last great movie I can think of. So it's like but
0: before nine eleven. Basically, twenty years ago was the last amazing like Spielberg-esque. Because yeah, a lot of movies come out, and it's like I, I see his name on there. And I'm like, wow, I would never would have guessed.
1: Yeah, yeah. He does like a lot of produ- He does a lot of production. He doesn't do it quite as much. You know, he doesn't do as much directing as he used to. But what's but, but what's anyway. his
0: impact? His current impact, other than being a very powerful man, but I mean, like culturally or artistically, what's his impact? Is At the moment,
1: probably nothing. I probably very little. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to open up, up my phone and look up like the last movies, like the last ten years of movies. I don't know that I can even name it,
0: but that says him. something right there, though, right?
1: Well, not necessarily. It also be he has uh, he has primarily sort of aimed for an audience that wasn't me throughout that time period. Anyways, like Jurassic Park, that kind of thing. I mean, it was never, yeah, you know, I never. I was never big for the blockbuster, but I did like you know like the historical things like the, the some of it is more interesting like Minority Report was an in, interesting uh, stab at sci-fi mm-hmm. you know he's always I, Spielberg has that quality of being very competent and very worth watching mm-hmm. not always great but when he does sometimes he sometimes he has been great that's the thing
0: I saw a movie the other day called um, Ex Machina have you seen this
1: no I've uh, I, I go ahead you're gonna love this I started that and then I did not finish it. Go
0: ahead. What, what happened?
1: Um, no, I don't remember. I think I just kind of got bored watching it. I didn't oh. get very, I did not get very far into it, but it was just very slow, and it was set in like some kind of a house in in Marin County. Is mm. kind of what I took away from it. And then, and then, but I hear it, I hear it's really good.
0: Let me ask you this, Tom. Do you just fall? Do you fall asleep during movies? Is that something? Yeah.
1: Sometimes I just my brain just wanders off, and I have to, I have to recharge and do something else. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, I liked it a lot.
0: <coughs> I thought I thought for sure you, you would have seen it, but I don't have anything. If you haven't seen it,
1: no, for dude. I
0: saw a good documentary on uh, on Jane Goodall oh, um, okay. recently with my wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Did you lot, go ape for it. I didn't know a lot about kind of <laughs> monkey shins, about Jane uh, Jane Goodall. I didn't know a lot about her. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, we all know that she studied monkeys.
1: Yeah, she was, she hung out with chimpanzee tribes for like. I guess decades or something like that. Maybe still does. I don't know. It's, and, and she, she gave us a lot of sort of our vocabulary of understanding primates.
0: Everything. It sounds like. Really. It sounds like kind of mm-hmm. like the things she came up with. I was like, you're kidding me. We didn't know that until the 1960s. That seems kind of incredible <laughs> to me. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I didn't know she was married to one, one of the, the, the chimpanzees. One of the preeminent um, sort of wildlife. Photographers and, and videographers. Really? Filmmakers, okay. I guess I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that they had a child that they raised partially in the sort of monkey wow. um, area. Uh-huh. Um, before, have, and before deciding to... Stay married for a while, but the guy Hugo went off to the Serengeti for years. They just mm-hmm. decided that what they did was more important than being together during the marriage, <laughs> including the child. Send the, the child. Kid,
1: kid went missing many times. Well, they sent noticed. the child
0: back to yeah. London, I guess.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, and the child hated monkeys. That's that seems the, the most believable yeah, aspect. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. that just
1: sounds like something from like the like the age of exploration, like the late 18th century, and they just send the kid off to some boarding school thing.
0: But it was she who discovered that they not only use tools, but that they make tools. Yeah. I, and I didn't know that. Yeah, that seems like to know, to have that as a. I mean, her her contribution to. Like,
1: so my understanding of that is like they're making tools like taking a stick, taking off the bark, and sticking it down into right. the maggot hole, and then like oh num and numb and It's like maggot lollipop that kind of thing. Yeah. But does, it, does it get more elaborate than that? I don't, I don't know. Worry. I
0: mean, it didn't spend a lot of time on it, so it may. But I mean, I <laughs> still think it's kind of interesting because here we have like four years after she makes that discovery, um, uh, Kubrick. Has that seen in the beginning of 2001? <laughs> right. I mean, it's sort of like it's such a part of our consciousness that, that mm. you know, her, her contribution. But also, like, she wanted to be alone. She was what we call a quirk alone. Mm-hmm. And a quirk alone, do you, know, you familiar with this term? I'm
1: not familiar with that. It's no. really
0: just someone who prefers the company themselves. Okay. And, you know, I was thinking about this because we also watched, my wife and I watched a movie called The Duchess with <laughs> Kira Knightley. Okay. I mean, it's just a movie, basically, where where someone from um, high society in England gets chosen by a a duke, and then her life is shit. Hmm. (laughs) She thinks it's going to be good, right? And it's you know the husband's like fucking every woman in sight, and he's like, "What?" And she's like, "Ah, "I didn't think he'd be fucking everyone in sight." (laughs) And then it's sort of,
1: but I'm a dude. But
0: it's and like of course, like her her only friend. Mm-hmm. And then, like, has the, like, the only friend that's a concubine and then is making her life miserable if she's not producing boys. Mm-hmm. And, like,
1: this, every aspect of her life is just... No, was just like, a period piece? Yeah. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Do you think it was, like, the... That yeah, would
1: be awesome if it were, like, one of the, you know, the Duke of Windsor or something like that, you know? Oh, one I th- the royal thought twins. you meant, like,
0: that that Romeo and Juliet set in Mexico City <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> Chrome-plated 45s. Oh, oh, lovely. No, I mean, but it was, like... Um, I mean, maybe it goes back to something we've talked about a few times, but it's sort of like, um, I think that women would, I think because of what women have experienced, they'd want to be Quirkalones more. You know, the we men? always think about the men as like the the rugged, the guy who wants to be off on his own. That's that's the kind of mythology. But I think women have more call to want to be off by themselves. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point is well made. That statistically, the number one killer of women in the world is men. Of course, there's yeah, yeah. that. No, yeah, I just mean, I think been, been also, making their lives miserable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know,
0: in the past, anyway.
1: But also, I think I think the, you know the, the mythology is also hugely wrong in that men. And, like men more define themselves. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. Like men define we'll themselves by marriage job. as well. You know, that that gets no play in our society. But it really is. But it well, really the idea
0: is that men define themselves by a lot, a lot of times by their relationships. You know, yeah. I don't think that. I think that gets play. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I, I think. Know, who again, disputes the, that?
1: The the, the 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 masculine as the uh, as the individual gets played up. You know more. Than it does our actual dependence. Oh, I think I I saw those as
0: different things. I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, I meant that the, the even that men want to go off for periods of time and yeah. brew, That's how I saw it. But it, I didn't see it as that's an interesting point. But I didn't see it as like. Distinct from because I think you can have both and and that's kind of the world that men have had for a long time is to have both oh, right? right which is yeah, like yeah. I'm a family man but sometimes I go off I mean Don Draper mm-hmm. Don Draper ever madman is, is a family man but he mm-hmm. disappears for a few weeks at a time because that's what he does you know yep 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 and it's like I, I just I just thought it was interesting watching both um, the Jane Goodall documentary where mm-hmm. she did it for different reasons she had a kickass mom and her mom was just like just go do stuff in the world you know <laughs> you know which has oh, something that's... to do with class and everything else but sure of course but but then also then this idea this period piece and it's like yeah I'm surprised that women don't want to more often just sort of be off by themselves and I guess the the Mm -hmm. very obvious
1: answer to that is motherhood I guess of course right Yeah. yeah Right, yeah, it's unfortunate. What I found interesting about what you were talking about there is just sort of the history of knowledge and how things are always changing in that that category, in that sphere. Like, okay, we didn't really know anything about chimpanzees. We didn't know about, like, Continental Drift came out in the 1970s. Nobody had an idea what Continental Drift was before that. How Incredibly important that is for geography. I'm just fascinated by, like, the history of knowledge sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how new some concepts can be.
0: Right. Well, Would what it makes you think about is oh, how many things we just sort of absorb daily and just go like, yeah. Right. And at some, somewhere at some point, someone's going to be like, you fools. Obviously, it's <laughs> this piece of the puzzle that's right in front of your but, face. Is,
1: but then, of course, it's also countered by like, the, 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 the history of knowledge of people trying to push it backwards flat earthers, that kind of thing. Like that's like, uh, like that never stops. I either. see the
0: rounders have gotten to YouTube. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah they're,
1: they're, they're, I think they're called uh, globe tarns. I had uh, a, a thought about flat earthers
0: because the thing about flat earthers is it's so, it seems so stupid until you think about it, and then it seems so stupid that it would be round. Now I'm not switching over. Don't get don't get nervous, God damn it. but I'm just sort of saying like it does seem like the the most obvious thing is that it would be flat. Mm-hmm. It just seems like why would it be round? It, it, you know, as a kid, this never made sense to you, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think that the Flat Earthers are, are, earthers are
1: playing on this sort of
0: child-like well, sensibility that, we I, all have. I'm I, like, that's impo-
1: how Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think that's the, I think that's the thing you have to remember when you're talking about the Flat Earthers is yep. you're dealing with an essentially childish point of view. Yeah. I really think so. I mean, it's, uh, put it this way, a simplifying point of view.
0: Well, the answer that all of these people have, these people, whether it's Flat Earth or Chemtrails or vaccinations mm-hmm. or whatever it is, is I think... The, the most justifiable part and that's that why wouldn't this this entity that's always lied and profit from lying to me not lie to me and it's like that that's someone that sticks me where I'm like well yeah, you got me there. Yeah,
1: yeah right <laughs> you why wouldn't trouble, they you're right it's simply not worthwhile to, to have that argument. It really is I don't know. It seems but, fruitless. Well the only thing to
0: say is like well it's not that I don't think they wouldn't or mm-hmm. that they don't it's that there's no profit to it. So like for instance I was thinking about this today like um, I had my my um, my iPhone mm-hmm. in while I was taking a dump, and every once in a while <laughs> I have my iPhone and I'm like. Oh where is this dump being broadcast to? Like, what what control center that, that it, it doesn't matter to them, so they just ignore it? You know, they're looking for better stuff than my taking a dump. But, like, how many of my dumps have just, without my knowledge, just gone out to the world because I have my iPhone in the bathroom or whatever it is? And it's like, here's
1: why, here's it's the... It's just Chuck Berry, Joe. So- <laughs> it's, it's only Chuck.
0: <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, But it's like, uh, uh, in answer to the... Like, there's one where it's like, do they have the technology to? Yes, no. clearly they have the technology. They, whoever that is, corporation to government, whatever, have the technology. Elders of Zion. And we the answer it. to like, well, what? But why? What? Why wouldn't they? Well, they don't. There's no moral thing. There's no moral code that would prevent them to. My answer usually is, but why would they? And in the case of the iPhone, it's like. Because they market to you and they collect information. It's a clear why. So like the people are spying, you'll notice that the idea that people, you're being sort of like recorded through your iPhone, Mm -hmm. you get almost no pushback on that from people.
1: It just seems clear. You know, the thing about it, I think, which is, here's how you know it's trouble, is when more than three people you know work for Apple processing that data. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're capturing the data. Not everyone's, not every ounce of that data is being examined.
0: Oh no! No, because no, they just no. don't have
1: enough. There's just not enough man hours. When when we become enough of, of a, you know, of a service economy where that's what the hell was that? When okay. when we become enough of a service economy where you know more than five people who work for Apple just going through that kind of data. Yeah, that's when you know we're in trouble.
0: There, there was a whole special on. Um on people who report people on social media. Like, how do you get something taken down? Ugh. And there are so few people Ugh. processing the demands that something taken down mm-hmm. that the average sort of um, <coughs> examination time is something like four to five seconds. Whoever's working has about five seconds to decide whether this is a legitimate case or not, right. which, of course, is inefficient and ridiculous and all kinds of bigger implications to it. But, but it actually makes me hopeful because mm. what it tells me is we don't have the manpower to, to really... Um, you know, collect data and fuck people over yet. We just haven't gotten efficient enough.
1: Right. Well, (laughs) well, yeah, exactly. Or we just haven't hired enough like minimum. That's going to be the new minimum wage job. That's going to be the new hellish job, which is watching, just going through, you know, miles and miles of, not even, not even hours. Hours isn't the word. Miles of content Hmm. on the internet, you know, searching for for whatever corporate master you work for and trying to fulfill their interests. Yep. That will eventually happen. That's going to be the Matrix. That's what the Matrix is actually going to look like. It's not going to be everybody like plugged into a fucking giant battery. It's everybody plugged into uh, a statistical uh, leavening situation. Statistical leavening? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just running out of words there. Yeah. Well, I guess we need a hero, Tommy. That's, and, and who's that going to be?
0: Uh, some man fish
1: type. <laughs> 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 oh, God. I can't believe how excited I was. When we when we decided on this one, I started getting like very giddy about watching th- watching these movies, man. Cause, okay, because uh, I look there's something about Don Knotts that I love, and I know he's no. your spirit animal. Uh, uh spirit animal is such a... I, I hate that expression I by know, the way. It's not it's your so, fault, but I just it's, it's just so lame. It's kind of a, well, what then? It's like totem the totem beast or something like that. He's, I think
0: even the concept is what I'm getting
1: at. Like, if you wore a bow tie, like you, yeah, you, you would be like part of his church. What. Well, what? It's kind of skinny, skinny, no chin having, you know, white guys. Is that it? <laughs>
0: That's pretty broad. You're a bow tie
1: away from him, my brother. From Don no, Knotts? Just, there's something about Don Knotts. You know, you associate like people, like I, like, I would associate myself with Dom Delouise, Like if I were like, you know, for like 70s or 80s, you know. I always kind of, I always kind of had an association between you and Don Knotts, and so there was something very. And plus, I love Don Knotts. It's weird. So I was Really excited to to get into these movies.
0: Knotts.
1: Huh, I mean, uh, <laughs> imagine my surprise. I'm,
0: I admire the insult because it's terribly insulting, but it, it's just well, a weird. Is, I like, really, <laughs> I,
1: I don't think of it as an insult. I understand where it comes across that way? It's bizarre. Not meant that way, it's, <laughs> it's a, like six it's foot a, five. <laughs> You're much taller than he is for sure. Yeah,
0: I'm a real Don Knotts character. Yeah, oh, come on, you could do it.
1: Yeah, anyway. but I don't. I don't think
0: you're a Dom DeLuise character either. I mean, just because oh, you're come fat.
1: On, come on, JJ. Come on, JJ. Ah, and yeah. the facial hair. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. From I'd say
0: more like Kellen Kerr, uh, Keller. Your powers of observation. Maybe maybe that's uh, more of a parallel.
1: Oh, so you're a miracle worker.
0: Um. So we're talking about Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. So Don. So Donuts. I mean, look. I don't know. At first, I thought, why are we doing this, guy? When I started doing, was looking at the movies, because. Mm-hmm. Um, I was afraid we wouldn't have much substance.
1: I, I'm still kind of afraid of that. I'll be honest. With you. Well,
0: okay. So let's talk I've about the Let's the talk little... about the guy. Let's talk about sure. the two movies. I'm going to talk about the third one because you, you confessed to me that you had. Not, I'm going to mention the third one uh, sure, if you don't sure. mind because you confessed to me that you didn't. You didn't watch the third one.
1: I want to point out too, from a career standpoint, he had a pretty incredible career. Yep. He had like a he had like a three stage career. Yep. Which is which is an impressive thing. That's like a Bogart accomplishment almost. You know. Where he just had like he just had a couple of different stages, or William Shatner maybe is probably a better. Oh, do you mean example. stages
0: in his filmmaking career, or Not just do you filmmaking
1: mean- it just his overall career? Like there was um, there was he was a com- comedian first, a moderate uh, success, and then uh, he got an Andy Griffith, boom, multiple Emmy winner there, boom. and then he got into <laughs> movies in the '60s, boom, and then pow, and then he and then back and then and then in the '70s he became like the darling of the Disney set. So let's say almost three separate different careers going on, and he pulled it off. It was really great.
0: He was um, he. He grew up on a f- uh, farm in West Virginia, mm-hmm. and his his um, his
1: dad was an asshole. Yeah, he was like a drunken shit
0: and like, schizophrenic,
1: schizophrenic, and would occasionally uh, apparently uh, swing a knife at young <laughs> young Dom. So that kind of scared him and freaked him out. Yeah, um, became I, an internal. It became, it became internal as a result of that. Is what is my understanding?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I just I'm just
0: saying like. There's nothing more to that. <laughs> I just keep starting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so so part of his, um, I guess, effort to get out of that internalization was was to perform, and he was a ventriloquist, I guess. Ventriloquist, yeah. And, and a, a comic for the army. Yes. I yeah. guess. And then he was on a destroyer one day. This is mm-hmm. the story. goes. Did you hear the story? Yeah. He threw the dummy overboard.
1: And he was like, get out of here, dummy.
0: <laughs> he just threw his dummy overboard. <laughs> But then he became. I don't know if you if you read this, but he was a soap opera. He was on a soap opera for yeah, four he years. Yeah,
1: the soap opera for like a little, like the young yeah. and the restless or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I do. I think it's really interesting how many of those sort of early sort of people who came through like in the seventies, like certainly comedians who came through in the seventies, you know, started off in World War Two yeah. <laughs> performing for GIs, and eventually they just kind of. Just kept going at it. I don't know. It's just, I think that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Don so was one of them. Oh, yeah, we know about. Um, well, I know about because you told me you had not really seen growing up. Mayberry R.F.D. I never saw any God, that's, of that. That's shit. bizarre to me. It's mm. just so weird. How do you miss that?
1: It, it just wasn't on any of the channels that I watched. I was I, I ah. was a Channel Two and a Channel Forty Four kid growing yeah, up yeah. in the Bay Area, Pitching and it. Andy Griffith's show was not on for most of my childhood. Yeah, it came in like when I was a teenager. Like, what the hell is this? Is that done nuts? Is it you know? I had no fucking idea what was going on. I was watching this go, and then come to find out, it's a significant part of American TV culture that I just had no idea existed.
0: Now you're, you of course,
1: we're both that and Green Acres.
0: We're both. Uh, I've never seen Green Acres. Ooh. Um, we're both. <laughs> you should. Okay, we're both um, grew up with the uh, uh, Three's Company. Yes. With him as as Furley, as mm-hmm. the the um, Norm, Norman Fell replacement, right. the robbers, right,
1: and well remember him from like his Disney, you know, his Disney era too. Herbie, right, Herbie goes to every place. Uh, was he in any Herbie movies? Yeah, he was in at least one of them. Yeah, Which was one? Apple Dumpling Gang.
0: That's not a Herbie movie. I don't remember. I don't think he was in any Herbie movies, my
1: friend. No, he was. Hold on.
0: Okay, oh, yeah, look it up. But but yeah, Apple Dumpling. He had that the thing in the seventies with uh, Tim Conway. So They're it was like right Apple Dumpling right. Gang. They, they were in something called Prize Fighter. I remember going to the drive-in <laughs> and seeing uh, Private Eyes. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. I consider those guys to be an extension, and maybe particularly Don Knotts, to be an extension of the um, comics from the silent era and also like the 30s. Okay. Like I think he revived everything from W.C. Fields type of, of activity um, uh, to Harold... Um, Oh, what's the guy hanging by the the clock tower? Harold uh, Lloyd. Harold Lloyd, yeah. Super, I would say, um, sort of resurfacing of, of his stuff. I, I I consider him to be almost a
1: fucking comic genius. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with you on that. And I think I'm, I, the person I'm gonna most uh, na- sort of analog analogize him to. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Uh, is actually going to be um, uh, Will Ferrell. In that. He has a quality of funny with him. He just he just carries it with him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. can make things funny. His presence that rot would not normally be funny. I mean, this guy basically made an entire career out of being a hayseed goober with with delusions of grandeur. That's most of that most of his characters followed the same sort of pattern and were sort of the same character. But it was it was just you know like an an inherently funny. Uh, are we in Jungian, uh, you know, Jungian like I, id well, what's territory Jungian? here? Like just like you know, the, the like the Jungian? symbols. Oh, and oh you mean like Jung- Jung. Jungian? Yeah, Jungian. That's it. Yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> like, if are, are we into that? I mean, is it that deep? It might be like where he's just like a paragon of a particular thing that we we inherently find funny.
0: And you sort of alluded to something right there because he is. Um, you're right. There's a, a pattern that he follows, mm-hmm. and it could well be very, very tiring after one time. But, but, but for some reason, this is what I mean. This is why I think Harold Lloyd and, and, and I, I brought in W.C. Fields too because W.C. Fields early on played It's the Henbacked Husband. It's like oh, that's not going to be very funny for very long. Right. But, but you know um, um, so, so the pattern with, with uh, Don Knotts is something like this. Um, you're right. He has illusions or delusions of, of grandeur. What is it?
1: Herbie goes to Monte Carlo.
0: Okay, So he has delusions of grandeur he, yeah. he um, the system set up against him. There's mm-hmm. a girl that he likes that, that's <laughs>
1: way looking way out of his way
0: league. out of his league. <laughs> yeah. There's a nemesis, um, and I think in a way like Adam Sandler copied this later on. There's always some sort of like good looking successful
1: nemesis, right? Who's borderline, if not over borderline, bullyish. Yeah, bullyish. Him, right. And there's, a, it there's almost can't help but be that way.
0: And and also the, the this is something that happens in the kids movies all the time is the idea that no one believes you. Right, and and part of the the sort of like the ending is that you are believed finally, right, for all Which these. Things. I
1: think is one of like the elements of his success is because kids loved him. I loved him as a kid, Don Knotts. Yeah, Don Knotts. He was a bumbling adult. He was an incompetent adult. What kid doesn't? appreciate an adult that's running around on their level. Well, on that
0: show, when he was Barney Fife, he was, he was the de- uh, sheriff's deputy who wasn't allowed to carry bullets. Yeah, He would uh, have he, to ask his one, boss no, for he, the he bullet. He
1: got to carry one bullet. <laughs> but I it said,
0: wasn't in the gun.
1: Right, right, right. right. Oh, fuck, man. And, and just think about that. When you talk about a bad, when you talk about uh, a law enforcement person who's bumbling, yet overly officious, you say, hey, he's a real Barney Fife. Like, that character is a part of our culture now.
0: Yeah, that's never, pretty impressive. You never heard that, but you've heard people say he's a real Barney Five?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, you've never heard anybody say that about I've like never... a security guard at the mall or no, anything.
0: No, I never like that? I've never heard anyone say that. Oh yeah, it's I interesting. I have, and I didn't
1: even know what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah, cuz you didn't watch the show. <laughs> i never watched the show for the longest time. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So we're talking first about 1964's The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Had you seen this before?
1: I remember I think I did when I was a kid. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. And I don't I didn't remember very much about it, but it's what a fucking! <laughs> oh my god! Could you make this movie today? I mean, first off, could you have a star like John Knotts today in in that sense? But, um, but God damn it! What a what a interesting movie. That's well, yeah. I mean, it's a fantasy. Uh, yeah, it's comedy-ish, and it's also yeah, it's mostly it's a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a comedy from a very particular time and place. We were still. It was a lionization of World War II. It's a little heavy on the. Uh, it's a little. It's a little. Um, a little heavy on the jingoism, I would say. For that, but it was in the '60s, so. Well, I mean, kind of makes sense. Uh, <sighs> okay, it's World War. Okay, let let's, me think let's, about let's what you ste- said. Go let's ahead. step back and just go. Like, this is what the the basis of the plot. Uh, it's World War. It's the it's, It starts just before World War 2 Just before we get bombed at Pearl Harbor, American gets involved. Yep. Um, Everyone, people are, are volunteering for the military, even though we haven't got to war yet, which seems a little bit interesting with people. Anyways, um, but they won't take Mr. Uh, they won't take Mr. Limpet. That's his, George Limpet is, is his actual name. But uh, on not his character. He keeps going down and, and, and trying to enlist and they keep kicking him out because, of course, he's a, a goober. He just, you know... His bad eyesight. His bad eyesight amongst other physical characteristics. They don't, they don't, they don't was cover his that part. He strange
0: glasses that don't have arms on them.
1: They, they call them Pince Nez. I <laughs> think that's what those things are called. It was a type of... glass, But typically those would have like a chain coming off them. So they wouldn't, as this movie shows the fault of those glasses, fall off. Particularly in the ocean. So anyways... Um, but he's obsessed with fish. He loves fish, and he would love to be a fish. And that he makes it very clear uh, through song and and through song uh, during this movie. His wife is uh, beautiful, way out of his league, and um, kind of bully. And he kind of is part of the team of people who bullies him on a regular basis. Yeah,
0: it's a little different uh, than than most of the Don Knot scenarios because the beautiful woman is not a, a friend. <laughs>
1: Right, per I mean, se. She, but she she does appear to have affection for him, but yeah. like the fact that yeah, no, I just can't picture it. Yeah, it's just yeah. Oh my God, he'd be climbing her like a like an ape.
0: He'd be climbing her like an ape.
1: She's huge in comparison. To yeah, she's a big, attractive enemy. woman, but, Ish. but yeah. Anyway. she was
0: the mother on—I uh, mean, the grandmother in Sixteen Candles.
1: I was wondering why, because I, I, I remember I, there was something about her I recognized. Okay, Sixteen yep. Candles. All yep. right, nice. So, uh, anyways, uh, at one point, uh, George and they all go down to Coney Island. This is taking place in New York. Well, this
0: is—they have a good friend um, who's—it's um, ah fuck, not Jack Warden.
1: God damn it. <laughs> the other Jack Ward. Jack something. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, yeah, look that up. Jack Palance. No. Um, anyways. Oh, so, Jack, Jack
0: Weston. So Jack, Jack Weston uh, is like, you've seen him in everything. It's Thomas yeah. Crown Affair, yeah, yeah. Um, Four Seasons. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely like uh, an all over the place sort of a character actor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he plays a guy who's in the Navy, is an enlisted man in the Navy already. So and, and for some reason, he is their best friend, even though he's kind of addicted. He's mostly addicted toward George. Uh, and he kind of obviously has a thing for George's wife. So yeah. yet he's made, he's allowed to hang out. Anyway, so uh, they all go down to Coney Island because this guy's on leave, and they to have some fun. And then uh, George uh, uh, jumps and in, uh, falls into the water, and suddenly uh, he's wishing to become a fish, and he jumps into the he falls into the water and becomes a fish, a rather odd looking fish with a with a thrum.
0: Okay, so. Um I mean, part of the thing here is it, it's got a Twilight Zone aspect to it. It, it really examines um, this character, Don Knotts' character, in that he can't relate to the human world. That's really what it is. He yeah. relates to the, the animal world, especially the world of fish. Right. And he sees fish. He has this great sort of outlook or this, this really speech about how um, if, if mankind manages to destroy itself, there's hope in the fish. Right. And because of what the fish were able to do before. Which was come along and make us. Right. And so, um, <coughs> you know, he it's it's more desperate and more philosophical for him. Yeah. And so when he falls in the water and for some reason, which is never explained, becomes that, a fish.
1: And I don't know that I care. It doesn't matter. No, it it's, doesn't it, it was- Kind of fun.
0: It doesn't matter at all. He has this aforementioned thrum, what he calls a thrum, which right. is this ability to sort of like bark out this sonic
1: wah sound
0: that, that signifies people but also destroys. Scares away the
1: the other fish that would eat him.
0: Okay. So, yeah, no. It, uh, so, really, it's like um, it's it's half cartoon. Song of the South, right? Half cartoon, half yep. live action. Yes.
1: It's kind of, a, yeah. It literally is some good like animation in with some live action and yep. some... Sometimes where it's it's interesting how they they managed to fix it technically, but it was still kind of weird. Like every time he's on the surface of the water, the water's like piddly paddling around him. Yep. It's a little bit odd to to watch that, but because you can see the water through him. Um, but it's I mean it was it was pretty technically adaptive for for at the time.
0: And of course, as you mentioned, right? So he becomes a sort of a friend finally to to the U.S. military because he's able to. Um, Track down Nazi subs, right. to, to, to to through his thrum, indicate where they should be, mm-hmm. um, uh, where the depth charges should be dropped by the by the United States Navy. Right. He's able to sort of signal the Navy. Half the film is him trying to sort of convince the Navy. To listen to a fish,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, there's a yeah. That's a, that's a rather lengthy portion of it. Meanwhile, the people he does convince, like the the the, the immediate chain of command, including his friend, yeah, uh, they all they all start becoming bigwigs because they're they're winning the battle of the Atlantic.
0: The whole thing it's a frame story too, because the whole thing it starts with the idea in the Pentagon that we're going to have to go back and and yep. re you know get this guy's services again.
1: Right, because he's he's going around teaching porpoises to to fuck with the Navy or something like that. <laughs> Although I got to be honest, there's there's a part of me when I was watching this movie, which is as a, as I, I as having I was in the I was in the Navy. Uh, many years ago, and uh, just watching like all those guys in submarines die made me go like, "Oh fuck, that's bad. That's uh, one of the worst ways in the world to go." Yeah, it is a, a weird suburbs. thing about movies. Awful.
0: Even a movie that has like cartoons and it's kind of halfway meant for kids is that yeah. is that death and destruction of your enemy is just sort of like it's an indoctrinated part of what we.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm much too much of a modern liberal watching this, going, "Oh, those poor knives <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> well, it's okay.
0: Awful. So, like, I remember, I remember really liking this this movie as a. kid And Mm -hmm. I didn't dislike it. I mean, I I enjoyed it. But the thing is this, is because because Don Knotts spends most of his time as the voice of a cartoon fish, Mm -hmm. you never really get to see Don Knotts be a comedic genius, is the problem with this film. And so.
1: Well, I think that. I think what I would say too is also it like it because there's no Don Knotts really sort of getting the most out of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost not a com It almost doesn't feel like a comedy half of the time. Right. And you get that it's because people
0: like like um, West and Jack Weston and others have so, to do yeah. all the like the, the pass out scenes yeah. or the double takes. And it's right. like, no, Don Knotts should be doing
1: all of that yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's a misplaced thing. I mean, the idea, whoever had the idea to make
1: Don Knotts into a fish cool. is yeah. cool. Yeah. But, and Don Knotts makes a cool fish. Which with like with the little glasses things wiggling on his yeah, door, but I was kind of surprised
0: nose. at how much it didn't work, and I think yeah. for me because because of the other films I'd seen him in since yeah yeah, um, so I don't know it's interesting for sure
1: it is it is, and I'd recommend watching it if you really want to sort of get your head around sort of like early special effects and the uh, you know and the, the 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 introduction of. Um, um, <laughs> Live action and animation, yeah, in in the same thing. It's kind of a, it. It's got to be a cool sort of a milestoneish movie, I would imagine.
0: I guess, I guess it sounds okay. like we're running out of steam on it, actually. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: All right, now, let's move on. 1966. 66. We're still in the like that that cherry phrase where he, he was. I think he had uh, he was um, he had uh, signed a deal like a five picture deal with Warner Brothers. Yeah, this was one of them. The Ghost. And a Mister Chicken. Yeah, this is much more of a Don Knotts vehicle.
0: I don't know how these things work because I don't. I'm not disputing that it was Warner Brothers, but what's interesting is how much of this is very <coughs> universal. Yes, for obvious reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have the um, the Psycho House.
1: Is, it is and, literally the psycho house. It is
0: the literally the psycho and house in the movie, and you have areas that I recognize in the Universal Studios tour, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, like the back. I mean, it, it, does, it does little to try to hide that it's not on a on a movie set,
1: right? Well, the other thing is, I don't know if people were watching. No, this thing. I don't know if people were the Universal tour existed in 1966.
0: I don't care about that. I mean, it, we've it, seen
1: we've been on that tour since.
0: It has all of the sort of authenticity of of Ralph Crandon's house. Oh yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Well, like,
1: okay, this, this is not a okay, This is not a movie that that does. Well, in a close examination, yeah, at all
0: or any examination.
1: Yeah. Oh, come
0: on! Now. In, in terms of what of what I'm talking about, in terms of okay. the scene, and also, I mean, it's it's sort of like cycling in and out uh, all these players from Mayberry RFD, like Otis, is in a couple of his movies, and it's sort of like Jesus Christ, hire some new people. It's a
1: low. It's I would say this is definitely a, this is severely a low budget movie, and it and yep. it shows. It, it shows that this is this was a this was a mass production. You know, uh, five picture deal. Let's get this shit out and into the public soon. And they didn't. None of the niceties. This did not have a tour director. Well, it's also a little concept movie
0: too, because yes. actually, the Incredible Mr. This, Limpet, for okay. anything that's missing actually was a weird and interesting concept. Mm-hmm. This is a Scooby Doo episode. This is
1: exactly what I was going to say. This yeah. is Scooby Doo without well, with Shaggy taking place taking the place by Don Knotts. Oh, um, uh, Shaggy and Scooby. Okay. Um,
0: Yeah. So, so, so this, the thing with this movie, though, is that it, unlike Limbitt, it gives us a chance to really look at what's funny about Don Knotts because it's just an hour and a half of Don Knotts having circumstances in which to be physically funny. Yeah. Like, he's a. Fucking physically funny guy. Yeah. For sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has the same, you know, he's he's a like a typesetter essentially in the local newspaper mm-hmm. um, office. He's pining to write articles. He well, wants and,
1: to become a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, he has a little press reporter. card on him
0: all the time <laughs> that he hangs from his coat.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, looks like a price tag. It looks like a price tag. Somebody points that out. Anyway, yeah. Uh,
0: he's got he's got the 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 local sort of woman who's not quite in a relationship with the bully, and so he pines to sort of be with her. She's, again, so sweet, she's so sweet, so nice. Miles
1: out of his league.
0: No question about it. And you have the bully that he works with, who's a who's a quote unquote real journalist. Right,
1: right, right. The, the boss played by uh, Dick Sargent.
0: Dick Sargent, who's the second um Darren from Bewitched. Yes,
1: absolutely. Dick Sargent. Sounds like an awesome gay, <laughs> gay porno title, right? Mm-hmm. Um
0: and um and Otis and 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 others. Um but but the concept is like very flimsy, right? There's oh. he.
1: Go First ahead. off, like, <laughs> and unble- and I don't- First off, this whole town is insane. Yeah, this town, ta- this whole town believes in ghosts. Every fucking one of them, apparently, in this town believes in ghosts. There's an old house where a murder happened. It's considered haunted. It's creepy and spooky, and of course, it's actually based on the it's actually the Bates House from uh, from Psycho. Yeah. Right, and so they're gonna. Some, some, so the guy who the family originally owned it uh, during the, during the murder is gonna is, has bought it. And he owns it. He wants to tear it down. Um, before they do, though, they they decide to put an intrepid reporter to spend the night inside of the haunted house uh, and then report on it. And they, they, because the they, they choose Don Knotts' character because he's so kind of famously a, a gooberish coward with high imagination.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean that's it. I mean there really is no reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, no 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 Uh, no 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 no, no. yeah this is (laughs) the thinnest of all. all Because because first off again, you have to posit that an entire town believes in ghosts for this to even happen. But there's also like
0: I mean, even the little the minutiae to move things along, like early on yeah, he thinks he's seen a murder. It's the guy who plays Otis on on Maybe F D, and and the murder is that someone has knocked this guy out with a two by four. But it turns out he was just drunk and then knocked out, knocked unconscious by a two by four. So he he shows up to to the the police station drunk, while Don
1: Knotts is, is reporting is him little, dead. Walks up behind him and goes, "How's it going?"
0: But then what happens is the the police sergeant behind the desk tells the guy's wife, hands her the jail keys, and tells her to lock him up. Yes, I mean even like I mean. It, it, throughout the movie, they're just yeah. little things like, why would he just suddenly have access to someone else's house to mm. sleep in it? Yeah, and
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again, this and just, why does anyone this, care? this Bears no examination, none at all. This, so, is, this is this is barely this is sto- barely story. But it's but he is just so people,
0: fucking funny, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's
0: funny in a way that's hard to describe. Yeah, you just would, have to see it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um. And again, more or less, I mean, you know, structurally doing more or less what he did in Mr. Limpet, and he did in everything he ever did.
0: But also what surprised me was how little time we spent in the house. Yes. Because half of it is the trial, because somehow there's a slander trial brought against his newspaper. To see yeah. to sort
1: of prove that he saw <laughs> we what a, he saw, we have to and put so, a legal procedural in the middle of this now you just get
0: Don thing. Knotts in the in, <laughs> the in the in the witness box, and then, oh,
1: and, then <laughs> and then the judge, as judges are wont to do, decides, well, let's just all go, let's get everybody in the court, let's just all go at midnight to the haunted house. You know that
0: only happened one time that I'm aware of, it it was Judge Ito. Uh, Remember, Ito did that at, uh, with OJ. He brought all the people to OJ's house. Mm-hmm. He might have seen this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he might have been directed by in the in, in knots versus haunted house <laughs> the president <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just it's, it's so like Not a moment of this movie Is worth watching It's just the idea of him like No but it but, is But they pull out They pull up But it's put together So it's constructed For the jokes really well And that's really all That's going on in this thing It's just going from one Sort of set piece To the other For Don Knotts To go Don Knotts The fuck out of it was he not so more like, popular Though is my question how, Give, is he, how did he get that popular It's like He's, he's this little gem yeah, that came along. And now, I don't know. You know what's really funny is I talked to a number of people at work. I'm surprised at the number of young people at work who know Don Knox.
0: Oh, that is surprising.
1: Yeah, I was very shocked. I would figure he would be completely gone right now.
0: Well, but so, like, I mean, if I go back to, like, The Bank Dick mm-hmm. or My Little Chickadee or It's a Gift or any of those, yep. like, W.C. Fields movies, you could say absolutely the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a worthless plot, and why are people doing what they're doing, <laughs> and, like, this, it doesn't even look like a real store, and, oh. like, it, and you remember in The Bank Dick, there's, some, there's, there's, in the middle of it, there's a plot scenario where W.C. Field is, is sort of given a movie to direct,
1: mm-hmm. yes.
0: and he just directs it for, like, 10 minutes, and then he just walks off, and it's never explained it's, why he stopped directing the movie. Lean,
1: they're just linking up the gags to get... That's there's, it. And that, there's this one, that one, I think maybe one of the funniest things in this movie, uh is, um he's uh, finally talked to the girl of his dreams and yep. going for lunch or something like that. Uh-huh. And he's gotta go do something <laughs> and she's like, I'm gonna go there, I'll get the seat, I'll order for you. Yep. What do you get? Chicken noodle soup watching okay, so he gets to the restaurant eventually yep. and there's and she had to get a booth with somebody sitting across from her. Yep. So watching a man standing at the side of a table eating chicken noodle soup he makes does not sound magic funny, it's, but it's hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> the way
0: he handles it that's what i'm saying like he there's something about him yeah. like I, I this is I, right. like that
1: will ferrell quality that they bring funny with them you know
0: but i think also like it's this is the the part that i'd like to know more about don Knotts is how much he had to do with it because it doesn't feel like people were doing this for him it feels the type of comedy he does seems very much like it emanates from the comedian
1: yeah yeah,
0: and 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 at the same time, probably unlike WC Fields, he wasn't like a. He seemed to in real life to be kind of a shy character, mm-hmm. and so I don't know that we'll ever know. But it was like he—he he just had so much genius to him. You
1: know, what you should do is go. Uh, did you, have you seen the picture of him and his uh, and his dummy? Like mm, from no. like just an early publicity photo no. of him, just like a baby John Knotts with a with a dummy next to him. It's that's online. It's pretty cool, man. Okay, yeah. No, there's something about this is like this is the guy that the, that somebody needs to write an auto like a biography about.
0: I'm sure it's been done, but. You yeah. and I would never do the research for that.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they would uh, tell you the windows snap and shut on that, though. People who knew him.
0: There's a um, okay. So, so the third film is 1968. It's the shakiest gun in the, the West. The shakiest gun in the West, right? Which you didn't see all of it. Right. Um, okay, so so we Dun- can talk to a certain
1: point, but it kind of again, it's done. Not being done. The fact Knotts. that That's I watched all of it of all didn't Knotts really movie. make any
0: difference from watching half of it, yeah. to be honest, with you, because it's the same. So you know, he's a dentist from Philadelphia. Right. Um, he's going west. Uh, for some reason, because everybody does there 's a woman who 's been implicated in a bank robbery, so she 's turned state 's witness to, mm-hmm. to some degree so she 's working for the government to uncover uh, some sort of organization that 's selling weapons to the engines or i don 't know what the fuck it was but but she manages because she 's unable to to take the wagon trip west on her own because she 's a woman she she then finagles um, Don Knotts into thinking that she 's in love with them, so mm-hmm. they can get married and th- anyway. It's just an excuse. There's a scene at the beginning of this movie where Don Knotts gets in a fight with a woman.
1: A fist fight. <laughs> and, of course, he has no chance.
0: It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> she's beating the shit out of him. <laughs> well, he,
0: finally, he does knock her out and then takes out his dental because she's a patient. <laughs> and, and starts working on our teeth. That was what the fight was about. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about this movie. It's just more Don Knotts. And it's like, I mm-hmm. think Don Knotts is just one of those guys where like, I don't know that there's any movie that's really great, but there's a lot of greatness of uh, yeah. Don Knotts in every movie.
1: Yeah, they're, yeah, they're capturing him. No, these are, ter- these are not good movies. No. They're not good movies in any stretch of the imagination. But again... Some of them are definitely worth watching. So you, you could watch a, a comedic genius just like do his thing.
0: But you could say the same thing about Three's Company. I mean, there's oh, nothing yeah, good right. about Three's Company uh, except the things that are amazing. Yeah,
1: and 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 it's you know, self-defining the, for the sitcom for the next twenty years. The yeah. Ropers or or Don Knotts, or Mr. Furley. Well, let me ask: Ropers or Mr. Furley?
0: Well, I prefer the Ropers for a number of reasons. First mm-hmm. of all, their spin-off and theme song I think are <laughs> fucking amazing.
1: Plus the sexy mama. <laughs> well, the
0: thing is, they had that. Great dynamic that yeah. Audrey Green, I think her name was, as Mrs. Roper Norman mm-hmm. Fell, that combination. So uh, they edge out Mr. Furley only for that reason. But <sighs> yeah, Furley's but I was going to
1: say, Mr. Furley had to go in and, and do those characters. He had to go in and fill that void. And yeah, pretty goddamn good.
0: Job. Yeah, Don Knotts is pretty Just good.
1: Just one guy doing
0: it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, all right. So we got through a, an episode on Don Knotts. Um,
1: <laughs> sort of. There's, part of. there's a part of my soul that's a little tickled by this. Yeah.
0: Uh, anything, That's either that or the heart
1: disease. I don't know.
0: Anything to,
1: <laughs> anything to uh, promote, sir? Uh, no. T- check me out at tomsmithcomedy.com and um, yeah, please join us on Patreon and drop us a line on uh, finley's, at film, finley's on film at gmail.com please. All right, Tommy. Catch you later, man. All right, Josephus.